Welcome back to an, or do you want to give it a shot? And you we got, are nope. a go. Nope. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. <laughs> I just line. What's the, what do I say next? Welcome to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max, Nikki, and Nikon. As usual, I'm Max. I'm Nikki. And I'm Nikon. And, and together, together we're, we're Max, Nikki, and Nikon. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Messed it up. <laughs> uh, we have got a great show in store for you tonight. Um, a show. Today. Or today, whatever. Whenever you're <laughs> listening to this. Uh, our topic for today is selling out. That's right. Um, you know, and we'll discuss all the details of what that means in just a moment. But before if we get into it, it means anything at all anymore. But before we get it into sounds it, sounds like someone has um, a stance. Well, I actually, well, well yes, yeah, so I, I do. I do have a stance. Uh, I, just, I, just, I have yeah, a stance. Well, too, I have a stance, and I also we'll get into it. In I a recently second. read an article about the rise and well, it's called the rise and decline of the sellout. Actually, is what it's called. All right. Well, so yeah. Keep it. Keep it for later. Keep it for um, the, the. But before part. we get into it, just wanted to mention some news we got some podcast news i think do we uh we have a vintage basement show coming back into the new year our first one of the new year is on february 2nd that's a thursday night at the brooklyn comedy collective at 8 30 p.m um tickets will be going on sale hopefully by the time we release this episode they'll be on sale so um, you can find it all at Brooklyn Comedy Collective's website. I think it's brooklyncc.com, but don't quote me on that. If you have trouble finding that, go look up maxaniki.com, and that'll direct you to the appropriate links. Be a fun show. Yes. I have decided uh, I, I think I want to get back into stand-up, so stay tuned for that. Watch out, world. Um, but, yeah, it's been over a year since I've been on my little hiatus and I'm, uh, I'm sick of it. <laughs> and uh, back with an all new mustachioed Nikon. That's right. That's right. I was inspired by the, uh, what do you call it? Album. It's not an album art, but whatever. <laughs> podcast the, uh, album art. Yes. Okay, yeah. If you guys are just listening to the audio and not watching the video, uh, uh, Nikon has a, a full on, new mustache growing out here or at least it's, it's new to us since the last time we uh right. saw him and uh if you i'm sure if you're listening uh or watching you have seen the album art as it were and uh, uh depicting nikon with a mustache well this is it in real this life is the now. mustache this is still this it's in its uh infancy just wait wait till you see it full blown <laughs> infancy okay yeah this is this is just a month of growth so well, yeah well all right guys i think we got the news out of the way um you guys ready to get into it so well, what do we uh, let's just say uh well you know we mentioned this before but happy new year to everybody oh, happy uh, new year. Uh, this happy is our first new podcast year, back into the new year of 2023. Well, the po- first podcast we're recording in 2023. Yeah. This is the year we turn it all around. Is that a, is that a reference to something? 20, the, the I was just saying. thinking, so, sort of like the future, or sort of like Duck Doc, <laughs> Duck Rogers, or um, Duck Duck Buck Rogers. Rogers in the 24th. Well, I, I think of the Daffy Duck um, right. parody Duck of Duck Dodgers. Yeah. Duck Dodgers in the 21st and a half, or what is it? The 24th, 24th and, and, half and a half century, or something like that. Um, <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
um yeah do we have any this is the year resolutions? this is the year we turn it all around guys just <laughs> i hope this is species. the year we... oh you know i it. wanted to just uh just vent out a little bit about one thing before we get into it maybe we can make it a running segment nikki's corner oh but okay um, I, I better get my own corner too then <laughs> i just want to say who gets who occupies the other i guess it's a corner and a triangle like yeah, structure. We have our corner. Yeah, There's yeah. been a, a pet peeve of mine. It, it, it's really been bothering me a lot in the past half year or so. I've been noticing people saying uh, they'll go as far as blank, but they won't say the end of that express. They won't say goes or is concerned. So they'll say like, as far as the Warriors, I think that this, and they, but they won't say as far as the Warriors go or as far as uh, the Warriors are concerned. They won't say right. that second half of what that expression is. They'll just go, well, yeah, as far as the Warriors, I think that, you know, they're going to be really good this year, you know? And, and, and the reason Nikki is saying Warriors is because he predominantly hears this coming from commentators of basketball. I was going to say, yeah, NBA I think there might be, there might be a correlation No, 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 between... it's not just that, Max. I, I, I hear it a lot. Um, just in in general these days, uh, not I've been hearing it a lot on on like ESPN because I just hear them talk about it a lot. But um, I hear it all over the place, and it really bothers me. I always want to say goes or is concerned. <laughs> you know, I want to finish it for them. You know, and it's really, I guess, to me. I mean, I'm not really bothered by it. It's just a shorthand. I don't know. I don't. I don't. It bothers well, it's improper English. It's it's an improper use of an idiom and right. it should bother you because it's like, like, Oh, it should is, bother me. It should. I'm bothered by your lack of being bothered. No, it's like, there are reasons that we have languages and common, you know, it's like a way for, I don't know. It's, it's, I, it's I, one I, example of many cases of just, I don't know, laziness or laziness. Like a lack of interest in. And okay. I would, I would argue. So what I was yourself. thinking about it last night and, and I was I'm thinking perfect myself but like i try to you know get things right so i can communicating sure right. okay look but i no, guess max, what i'm max, saying is, just let me say, just max, let me just no, split no, hairs no, let me can, just split hairs oh, no, can <laughs> i can splitting i just hairs part of it i just want to say this is my favorite part of i just want to say so the max back now let me just out but <laughs> <laughs> let me just fa- say i don't i mean look i don't do that i try to say correctly but as far as grammatical <laughs> things go Nice. Um, Arkans or are concerned. This is the least. This is ranks l- on on the on the ladder of it all. Ranks low on my con- uh, of concern for me. I, I don't care right, that but much it's about part it. Of a, it's part. But of, it's part of a greater pattern of of I don't know nihilism towards <laughs> <laughs> like toward the lang- English properly language. communicating. Well, like, well, yeah, I don't know. well, so I was thinking about it, and if you were to talk about yourself. As far as you would not say, as far as I, because that's what they would say. That's what they would be doing. They'd be saying, as far as I, this should be <laughs> no, like they'd this. They'd probably but, say, you know, their workaround is probably they would say, uh, as far as me, right? That's and they probably, wouldn't. It wouldn't sound wrong, even though that is wrong too. But it's right. like that's how they would. Okay, make Here's, it make sense in their brain. What, what bothers right. me more is me, right. kind of increasingly s- shrinking brain. What what it bothers me more in syntax um, is when somebody does like hypercorrection or overcorrection or sometimes it's called hyperurbanism which is mm. 
it's it's when they Sounds racist. Tr- <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's when somebody tries to uh, they they do something that is incorrect grammatically, and but in an in an effort to try to sound smarter or try right. to be correct, they actually end up being incorrect. So a prime example of this is saying, um, using he, he he gave the ball to him and I or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, trying to like. By using, or he gave the ball to he and I, uh, like saying he and I, there's something that maybe there's a, an air of it that sounds a little bit like you're trying to sound a little smarter by saying he and I, but it, you would never, that's but incorrect. in that situation, you would you say would to s- he, him and me. You would say him and you me. You would never yeah. say he gave the ball to I. You would say right. he gave the ball to me. Anyway. Anyway, that's an example of something that that bothers me more all right anyway i just over correction nikki's corner is basically our our five minutes of grammar lessons yeah (laughs) look i just wanted to i just wanted to vent about that one particular thing the uh the you know for uh i don't even what it is now as far as blank blank goes or is concerned anyway so that's our critique to you society uh pick it up pick up Pick up but, your part. And this has been another edition of Nikki's Corner on the Splitting Hairs <laughs> podcast. The Splitting Hairs uh, comedy network. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I just, a little tidbit uh, just to add on at the very end there of this grammar thing is that something that is correct, though, that mm. sounds like m- maybe you think it might, it's not correct, but you do say this is this is he and I, or something like that, because you on a so, you know when you pick up a phone, you say this is he. This is he. Is that correct? It is. It is correct. Be, you can say this. Well, is, you can. I've heard people say, but is that correct? It, it is. It's kind of an older way of saying something, like it is I. It is I. Or it is. <laughs> it, is I. it is we. Or something like it it's is a very, I. This is he. It kind of comes this from an older he. way of speaking English, um, and I looked it up, and it is correct. Because it is, it is not, um, I forgot the. What did they say in the Big Lebowski? The blank we, the royal we. The royal we, yeah. Well, no, but it has to do uh, with the uh, bag man, man. <laughs> All right, it's the bag it's man. Receive, it's the the action is being. Re- uh, how does it work? Well, it, Max, it uh, is or this this is. Uh, well, anyway, it's just uh, Max. Let's not get too far into uh, it. Okay. Well, let's, let's not, not get split hairs here, a, right? <laughs> right. Intend this to be I mean, some kind like, of grammar lesson. I just wanted to vent that one thing. Well, but since we are on the topic, and maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe we do want to make it a segment, just every you know something something about grammar every week. The grammar uh, corner. Uh, send in your votes, audience. Uh, if if you want us to keep doing grammar lessons, please let us know. <laughs> but my question, I don't, I honestly don't know the answer to this. Is it incorrect? Like, is there ever a correct use of um uh, I, I hear people say uh she and myself went to the gr- like no, is that is that the right no you know, I, I you hear, know what i'm talking about when people i say do like, i oh, know what's hot what, what you're talking yeah. about and i that's another pet peeve of mine when people say myself they, they're trying to sound like more sophisticated right saying, but oh, it's we, it's wrong but it's incorrect it, it, right yeah, it's yeah. incorrect i i hate <laughs> when people do that that is well yeah well, okay, one, okay, that brings to question, okay, myself, um, I'm just trying to think, okay, the only proper usages, I guess, would be, oh, so, so in other words, if we're saying, 
Well, unless I'm, myself is a, an it's only referring to myself. Right. Myself. Unless you're just saying I was speaking to myself. No, no, no. I'm saying like, you know, uh, like the two of us went grocery no, no. shopping. No, no, I, I understand uh, what you're saying. Debbie and myself went grocery shopping. No, I, I know. I That's understand what your example yeah. is. I'm saying well, okay. the only correct way, <laughs> I think, would be saying something like, "I spoke to my," he, I was speaking to myself. Right. Right. Or, or, or you I, would... oh, you know what? I feel that way myself. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That, right. Yeah. Right. That, right. That, right. That, right. That, it, myself is is. Generally, if I'm correct, used as a sort of emphasizer. Um, guys, can we just reflect on how that seemed like it was rehearsed? You guys both saying emphasizer on top of each other. Well, it I was just not rehearsed. I just wanted to say it was that, rehearsed for 30, almost 35 years rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, that's another that's thing. Another thing we all have up. birthdays coming. We up. all have birthdays oh, coming. That's right. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time we release this episode, I think that we will have all, yeah, it will have our birthdays might have just passed. Nikon's is so. on the twelfth, right? If I believe the tenth, the tenth. Gosh, yes. I knew it was the tenth. It's okay. Uh, and ours is the fifteenth. Sorry, right. our friend Kevin is his is the twelfth. No, no, he's the fourteenth. I believe. No, he's way to name drop. Way to name drop, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, myself. It, it, this sounds really pretentious, but if you're thinking about it, like in terms of the French language, you would say, "Oh, this will be pretentious." Uh, All right, something I can't just wait. really quickly, like this is very. J'ai fait ça, moi. You know, mm. the moi at the end of the sentence is emphasizing that you were the one who did this. Right, but right. that's not the equivalent because you do say. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Uh, <laughs> this is really getting into because it wasn't territory. pretentious enough. We're, now we're, we're really. This is like Dr. Fraser Crane and right. Fraser and Niles arguing over right. over right. the <laughs> Well, because you can say moi meme. That would be myself. That no, but you wouldn't chance. but you wouldn't say but in uh it's not a direct translation, Max. No, I'm just saying though. This is literally a Fraser in, uh, like a you brought this up, Nikon. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. No, Should we get into the topic? Actually, Nick, Let's get did. into the topic. Wait, I just did one real quick last <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, no, come on. We got to get to the Wait, episode. But I just gotta this say, could just though, be the grammar episode if we want to well, do that. I just that. have to say real quick, because you said uh, you do. It, you also can begin a sentence by saying, I myself agree. Anyway, that's all. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that's true. Yes, like you that. can. Yeah. I like that use of it. To be clear, I have nothing against the use of the word myself. It's just no, in no, I, sure. context. Yes. Just as another example, I was just trying to... Although the self apparently is an illusion, so that's a whole different topic. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about it anyway, but, uh, you know, uh, look it up, people. Look it up. Um, All right, let's get to cool. the real topic to at hand. Selling out. Selling out. Selling out. Who wants to take what position? I feel like I think I did. I mediate the last, moderate the last one. Well, yeah, no, you no. brought it. You brought you. You suggested oh, the you topic. Did. You, you did. suggested the topic too. So maybe you should get a choice in the matter. Okay. You um, did. You did uh, mediate last time, which was our toilet paper episode. Right. Which yeah, that's yeah. Um, okay. So mm, does well. Okay. So I'll I'll take a position. I could take either one. Does anybody want to? Oh, take well, then one Max, or the Max, why don't you take a, the, the the opposing position? Well, oh, what, oh, what position oh, did you want to take? Oh, do you, uh, I? You, I have a position that I would like to. Well, take. actually, why don't you take it? Uh, why don't you both take positions, and I'll be the okay. m- moderator, mediator. Okay. Because I I do have a little bit of history as well to give 
based oh, on as a sellout article. yourself? <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh, based on this article I was oh, reading, right, actually, from right, right, about right, the, yeah. the history of, of the, the, the usage of the word sellout. Okay. And, well, the, and the word sell, actually, which is interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, so, okay, so, so I'd like, like to take the position of I'm okay with, quote, unquote, selling out. I don't even consider it that anymore, you know? Okay. Well, um, uh, also, I okay. will say that I'm pro or anti-selling out. Okay. Um, um, let's just say uh, the word sellout has a long history. Well, Max, well, well, hold on. Before you get into it, okay, so this is these are the, the roles that we're playing. Yes. Nikon is anti-selling out. Nikki is pro-selling out. Max is the moderator, mediator role. And I'll play sort of devil's advocate along the way. Who will break character. Um, yes. Who will surely break character. Of but, course, we got to define terms before we get into it. Yes. Right. So, well, Max, okay. Well, this is now sellout. Historically, at least uh, in its modern usage, kind of started around the 50s and 60s oh. with re regard to music, actually. Okay. Um, Interesting. It, it became, uh, it, it was in reference to certain jazz artists at first. Um, really? This is, I'm, I'm talking about in our modern understanding of the word sellout, the way we and use it can, as sure. a sort of, as a sort of, um, Pejorative. A noun, and as pejorative as a, yeah, as a sort of derogatory noun. Um, uh, but it, it also, before that, it had been used in the political sphere as well. Um, ah, before and, that, before the 1950s. Yeah, still in a derogatory way um, okay. for it with regards to, I mean, it, and it certainly kind of came from a leftist point of view, um, directed towards people that... Um, uh, it, it came from kind of uh, unions and people like that, and and it, ah. it started, I guess, in the Gilded Age. I guess when ec economic growth started changing in the United States, this is when America started seeing a lot of economic growth. So it's an American term. It's an American expression. It came. It ca I believe so, and I can confirm that in this. This, or at least according to this article I read uh, by Franz Nicolay, <laughs> a non-American name. Uh, well, I don't know if he's what he is actually. But well, America's a melting pot. Yeah, America's no, I know, but it just pot. sounds like Franz Nicolay. What is it? it that sounds right. Yeah, right. Well, I know it sounds maybe. Well, I don't know. I would sounds venture French. to say. Nic well, Greek, no, it's, maybe? it's spelled a y at the end. It, maybe it could be. Oh, uh, Nikolai, Russian. Well, a y. Well, Nikolai. I don't know. Well, no, I would think. I, I, I read that as Nikolai. I read it I as look up Franz. A i as Nikolai. But well, maybe, sure. Yes. Well, that's maybe actually. I would love to talk about that sometime. Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right, though. Maybe it is pronounced like wait, the Y is taking the form of an I. Wait, sound, what did actually. you want to talk right. about sometime? I want to. Well, uh, so, <laughs> so, 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 uh, when a name from a different culture is translated to English, mm -hmm. and they use so, like, da, uh, 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 my friend David, his like American name is David. His Vietnamese Vietnamese name is. Dat, it's Dak. It's either Dak or Dat. I always mix it up, but it's, oh, like it's spelled. Dad. It's spelled D A T, but it's pronounced D A K. And and they're like, well, yeah, and you know, in in Vietnamese, or I don't know what is the name of the language is Vietnamese, but in the, in our language, it is T is K. <laughs> it's like. Then, then you're just using the wrong. You just used the wrong letters. 
importing it over to the new to the to, to English. You know what I'm saying? Like if T is K, then T then K then your 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 idea of T is actually K. It's not T. This is, I, I. So you're saying that he should spell his name with a K in America? Yeah. Because it's because <laughs> it's an arbitrary. It's an arbitrary. It's a new. It's a new alphabet, right? You're going from one alphabet to the English alphabet, right? If the sound is a K sound, then the letter that goes with that is the letter K. Well, well I'm gonna I argue would argue that this, I would argue that there's a lot of. Um, I mean, America is a, in America. In America, America is a melting a pot, of, as you say. So sure. Are, are you we're talking? Or? Talking about alphabets here. I'm just saying. Okay, the letter N sounds like N. So whatever the letter. In okay, Vietnamese but what about is for the, N? Like, is with the, the word N. no? Okay, cool. N to N. With the word what? no, you know, for right. example, K N O W, the K is silent. You know, and right. You know, there's these yeah, exceptions. Sure. You know, with with sure. Well, no, but also, but the, we, I'm saying we, you you get to start from scratch. You're going from Vietnamese to English clean slate hey do you guys have a letter for k yeah it's k okay cool so we're gonna use that to spell our name dak i suppose <laughs> i guess but to me the spelling of your name kind of has an identity like has a uh um it has a is a part of your identity as well i feel well then why not just pronounce it as dat instead of dak like that's for what example, I would do if I saw that that name written out. I would say, "Oh, that's the that's Dat." Well, it's interesting you say that. Like, well, no, the, I'm sorry. The comedian Dat fan, Dak. yeah, the comedian Dat fan. He's of Vietnamese descent. He's American, but his name is spelled D A T. But and he goes by Dat. He goes by Dat. But maybe it was Dak at one point, and maybe he just decided. Yeah. Let me uh, also Dat explain. Was easier. It, also in Vietnamese, or maybe it's vice um, versa. Oftentimes, the last name Win. Or, mm. or Nguyen. Yeah. Nguyen, yeah. yeah. It's pronounced win. A lot of, Nguyen, a, lot, yeah. a lot of, or sometimes they say Nguyen or just right. win, actually. Right, it's, right, right. But it, they're all spelled. That's N-G-U-Y-E-N. a little more of a gray area because I'm sure there's like some, well, no, some like nuances. Not, I'm still not pr- pr- spelling it correctly, but. I'm sure there's like some kind of nuance. Uh, anyway, well, uh, we're splitting hairs. On we're we're really getting off here. on a tangent here, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, splitting hairs where tangents are made. It's funny because we're, we've talked a lot more about grammar and spelling <laughs> in this episode than we have about selling out. Um, um, this will make it onto one of our best ofs for sure. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, I just do want to say, I mean, just a little uh, back history about this, I guess I want to say is, uh, yeah, at sellout as applied, it's, it's generally... When I think of sellout in modern terms, I generally hear it belonging to the music sphere. No, do we? Do can we agree on that? I generally uh, yeah. no well, actors, entertainment too. in okay, general, entertainment, yeah, entertainment you know, in general. actors doing commercials, for example. You know, uh, yeah. like famous. Well, oh, apparently, man. though, I mean, this is according to this article. Sellout as applied to musicians was a slur that had a birth. It rose to, I should say, it rose to prominence in the late 1950s and early 60s, okay. um, which jazz musicians were. Um, of selling it. But it, yeah. it was also a time when kind of music and politics started to, you know, intertwine a bit, especially in the late 60s. That became sure. a really big thing. Well, who was, who, which, which musicians were the ones Speaking accused of, of selling it? Well, uh, here's a, a well-known um, musician was, um, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, El- sorry, I'm forgetting. Elvis, Elvis Presley. <laughs> no, no. Is this a bit? No, no, it's not. I just totally blanked. <laughs> Is Bob Dylan when he became <laughs> uh, when Bob Dylan turned electric? 
Sure, they uh, said he, that was selling out. Yeah, they thought, oh, he's becoming commercial all of a sudden. A lot so of the, this folk, is the this folk revivalists were like, he's not pure folk anymore. How this dare is, he? That's a, he's becoming a sellout. You know? This actually, uh, this this relates to my, how I like to define selling out on my free time. Go ahead. Uh, yes. I, I, uh, I, so I have nothing wrong. I have nothing against an artist being successful, right? It's... I think the trade-off of your artistic, uh, I don't know, uh, voice, voice, let's say, uh, in, in the interest of making more money. And in Bob Dylan's case, when he went electric, I think he was doing that because he wanted to explore that area of creativity oh, he was no, already I, at the top of his game he was already incredibly successful so like what is there to sell out if you're already like oh, the most famous folk musician of all time ever period right like, yeah no i i don't oh, agree like, with those people's um criticism sure, yeah. of well, him especially using that word. I, because this, of course you need to explore other out especially in the 60s when there was so much exploration in the music sphere going on I mean, yeah. you might, one might argue, oh, the Beatles kept selling out over and over again because <laughs> right. they kept changing their sound. Right, which is well, why, no, yeah, it's, that's, it's different with the Beatles, though, because they were always hugely commercial. Um, where I, and, and while Bob Dylan was very successful being a pure folk musician, his commercial um, appeal was not. Definitely not as big as the Beatles. Whereas I the mean, Beatles, yeah. actually, they were commercial already, and them pushing the boundaries was almost like, hey, what can we get away with in this yeah, commercial being the successful, uh, yeah. appeal without without losing our... What, what, right, what can we get away time. with without losing commercial appeal? And we're back from our, our forced break because we don't pay for Zoom. That's an advertisement to pay for Zoom, guys. Your life will be a lot more convenient. Well, when we start promoting a Patreon eventually for this, people can be like, hey, how can you help us um, pay for Zoom? You can you can become a Patreon subscriber. Well, can we just start doing it now? You just, you know, suggested <laughs> a promotion of our Patreon just now. Well... Do we have a Patreon? I actually <laughs> created a page. The... Well, well, okay, this will segue right into our talk about sellout, actually. Yeah, selling out. <laughs> that's or, true. Continue into it. Well, sure. I, mean, so I don't know if you wanted that little snippet, but we just talked about it. No, I think episode. we want it. I think we keep everything. Everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. When Nikki was talking about the Beatles. You know, Nikon, we were actually on you talking about what your definition of a sellout is. Yeah. I just, uh, like I said, like I got no problem with, with a, an artist being successful. Like that's the whole, that's the whole idea, you know? Um, but uh, I think it's when, when you compromise the... I don't know, your artistic sensibilities. Mm -hmm. And this is where it gets a little murky because some people just, they either A, stop being that interesting creatively and and that's okay. Like, I'm not going to hold it against you. Like, you're maybe you did some really cool stuff in the 60s and 70s Rolling Stones. Um, and, no, I don't want to go back to this that. It's like the Rolling but, Stones bashing yeah. podcast. Uh, yeah. Um, and and you're still you're still being creative. You're still putting stuff out there. And who am I to say that it's not good or anything like that? But it just doesn't resonate. And so that's fine. Whatever. Um, it's that it's um, doing it with the express intention of selling more records. It's the selling part of selling out. Right. So 
the Black Eyed Peas are the perfect example of this in my mind because of how successful they are and how terrible I think that their music has been since they sold out. And, and, you know, this might be my middle school brain, but when I was in middle school, they had this, this one album called behind the front, check it out audience. Um, that was, that's like a really solid hip hop album. I think uh, it's got, you know, interesting beats. Like they're, they're doing some, some cool stuff with their flows and all that kind of stuff. I feel I sound like an old man saying this. Um, they're you know their flows sound tight, uh, but they... I know what you mean actually. As they're smoking that grass, I mean, don't even get me started on the current flow of or c- the current batch of popular hip hop artists. It's just not anywhere compared to how skilled somebody like Snoop Dogg was. But anyway, go on. Totally. And even Snoop Dogg himself, like, I don't know, like that's, a, that's an interesting area. Cause like, did he sell out or is he just like, all right, this is easy. Like, I'm just going to keep doing this like in a very, I don't know. It's, it's hard. To, I mean, Snoop Dogg's great. there's, a, there's an inter- his hand in a lot of different things in entertainment in general. And sure. there's an interview yeah. actually, selling out. I mean, but like, I will say there's an interview where he does knock some, the current batch of popular hip hop artists. He says, something to the degree of there's nothing to he's like i don't understand these rappers that just go um it's right. you know it's just these triplets and they're not he said there's not doing anything creative with it he's like you know it it, it, it there's not a good flow to it you know that's and, true because even if he you know you put him on a well, track just, with yeah. like I don't know. Did he do something with Justin Bieber in the early Bieber days? Oh, is that true? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, or maybe I'm thinking of Ludacris, but anyway, like even, even if he is doing a sellout type situation, like he is bringing his unique approach to rhythm and uh, verse and all that kind of stuff, which you just can't take that away from him. He did do, Uh, 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 he was in a Katy Perry song actually. uh, And he actually questioned I, I saw him on, he was an interview on Howard Stern. He was talking about his, uh, his apprehension to do such a thing. Cause he just mm-hmm. thought, well, now really, am, am I doing something here? That's, uh, th- even this is a little much for me, but they I, were like, I, here's I, a bag of money. Right. Here, I, so I forgot guys, the reason I, that he said that he did it, but he ultimately just came, he's like, all right, I guess, you know, so it's fine with it. Yes. With all that in mind, I, I want to take, yeah, as I said before, I'm taking the the position of being pro selling out. I think w- whatever you can do to make your money, that's fine. As long as for me, as long as you're not um, compromising your morals or ethics. For example, morals or ethics. You're, so you're more concerned about that than you are about like artistic, right? So, for example, quality or whatever. Me, as I, as I. Uh, as I live and breathe. As I'm an actor and comedian and, and musician, you know, hyphenate, multi-hyphenate. Bragger. Um, yeah, bragger. Um, Hyphen bragger, yes. <laughs> I would be down to do any kind of commercial as long as it's not an, a commercial uh, promoting alcohol or cigarettes or, or, there, or, or like vaping or something like that, you know. I'd be down to do... Sure. McDonald's, even though like I have problems with McDonald's, I'd be down because those kinds of things make a lot of money. Obviously, it's different sure. for me because I'm not like a hugely successful, you right. know, entertainer who doesn't need yet. to worry about money, right? Yet, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Hopefully, um, 
But I think I have nothing wrong with Samuel L. Jackson doing these Capital One commercials. Um, I don't know. For actors, it's a little different. Like for, for actors, I'm almost like, I don't, but I, back in the day, I honestly in the 90s, don't care. So in the 90s, is what in I was the 90s doesn't people would have had problems. Like, sure. We would have seen if we saw, you know, George Clooney promoting some brand in a commercial, people yeah. would they would have a problem. They would be mm-hmm. like, wow, he sold out. I don't know about sure. that. Jerry Seinfeld was in a slew of American right. Express American Exp- yeah. with Superman. And I don't think voice by Patrick Warburton. It bothers me less with actors because it's such like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to, uh, I don't know. Because well, this is well, what I was, I this is what I was saying about the, the history of the word. It really kind of, in its modern usage, coming more it's revolving a little bit more around the music industry right so okay here's here's why i don't mind when actors uh quote sell out is because their craft Mm -hmm. is one of interpretation and not of um from the ground up uh uh expression i don't i want to i want to be like i don't want to like say acting isn't an art or anything like that i just i'm trying to say like if your if your art is interpreting something and right. you know uh, whatever amplifying it, it's slightly different than authoring a really shitty song where an entire verse is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, well, are you knocking Friday, Neil Sedaka here? Saturday. That's no, no, uh, I know. I know, I, I know. Gotten that. Yeah. Now that's a deep cut. Yeah. I mean <laughs> but, that song anyway, but but. What it's different. Neil it's Sadaka. different. Like you're authoring something. No, you're the, authoring something like you're you're creating oh, something in the universe that is right. inane and stupid versus like uh, doing your thing and like, you know, bringing in the case of Jerry Seinfeld, like bringing your Jerry Seinfeld charm to selling credit cards to America or whatever. You sure. Know? But you could one could make an argument for that is like that is you already have enough money and you don't need to be making more money. Also, up. it is. I mean, one could say, no, that is actually selling. I mean, he yeah, he doesn't need to be doing that. And he's... Uh, but that's part of a... That's he's, part using of- his, he's using what makes him him in an area that is, you know, that doesn't have to do with what he puts he out would as be, a comedian. He would normally be knocked through this kind of stuff in his comedy, maybe. Sure, but he is... He's have he's clearly having fun doing it. What, who's sure. on what side? I know. What, I'm, who's I'm on not, what side? Now? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, you guys no. sides. I mean, I don't. I I'm don't. just playing devil's advocate. I I'm okay with it. You know. I think it's. Right. I mean, to, I'm just. Yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate with you. I do. I think it's fine. You know. Hey, if you if he's. Down I think with it's it, terrible. <laughs> and and, uh, you know, the marketing campaigns, uh, you know, were to get a celebrity endorsement of these things. That that's the way. They're going to promote to audiences to make sure that they can get people to buy their product. Well, you know, it's not it's not like oh, let's just. So, sometimes it's let's come up with a good tagline like "Got milk." That was a big thing to get people to drink milk, right? That was huge. I remember when that came sure, out. Sure, but that's like you're already a shill if you're an advertising copywriter. It's like okay, <laughs> yeah, like let's find a way to like shove products down America's throats. I guess that's, I don't know. They, that's not, like I don't think you can sell out as an advertiser. No, sure, it sounds like a great job. It is a fun job. Uh, you get paid really uh, very well, and like it's cool to see your 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 copy out in the world. Sure. But I don't think like that that job you, like you've already sold out by 
taking that route creatively and that's okay i'm not saying that's a bit well no i am saying that's a bad thing because that's my stance so you know <laughs> but look this is I, loose you don't have to exactly sure but i don't know it's okay sure sell out do whatever you want but i'm not i, I don't know i i kind of lose respect for you as an artist because that's the position i'm taking. well okay and it's like and but, but <sighs> where do you draw the line nikon i mean maybe some of these artists maybe they actually are enjoying and they actually truly like what they're creating when they're quote unquote selling out. And in that case, maybe they're just losing their touch, you know, with. Uh, oh, absolutely. And, with, and I guess my point is they're allowed to do that. I'm not going to tell somebody, Hey, you should not strive to be in the top 1%. Look, do I think um, Paul McCartney, this, that collaboration he did with Kanye West was good. No. I don't even know what you're talking. What was that on the last album? The I Jesus can't remember when it was. It was Christ. a few years ago. But album, uh, okay. and I'm, you know, or or like, uh, what was it? I think Chris Cornell did something with. Hey, don't you speak ill of Chris Cornell? <laughs> uh, um, Paul McCartney can talk all or audio slave <laughs> Uh Both, but um, and you know, oh, really? are you are you? Oh yeah, I love. I mean, I love Audio Slave. Okay, um, yeah. Well, I, I guess that would make sense because you're a Mars Volta fan. I, I mean, I don't know. They're not the same. They're music, not the same, but, but they're they're loud. They're both very loud. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> no, Chris Cornell is a, a great singer, but I would say that he did a collaboration with Timbaland. I think it was, and that. <laughs> Can you say that like, again, Timbaland? Yeah, Timbaland. <laughs> it's Timbaland. But I like Timbo. <laughs> what, what, how Tim, did I? You said Timbo. You said Timbo. No, I didn't. I said Timbaland. Oh, I thought you said Timbaland. Sorry, that's my fault. I just wanted to make sure I was I was over accentuating the uh to make sure I wasn't doing um, the hard R saying Timberland. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, no, it's because I think it, what's funny is I think Justin Timberlake showed up on that album as well, which was, um, which in my mind you can interpret as, wow, Chris Cornell's selling out. He's doing music with Justin Timberlake and Timbaland. But yeah. at the same time, you're like, well, this is just what he's currently into. You know, that's okay. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Just, sure. I, again, it's okay, but I don't have to like pretend to like it or, and I don't have to support it. No, and that's, you don't. that's my, that's my stance is like, do whatever, but I don't support it. Hey, look, is what you I'm could saying. also say when an artist gets, it's the old thing when when an artist gets too big or popular people might consider them selling out like when when the beatles <clears throat> first left the liverpool scene and and became liverpool. big in all of the uk liverpool the liverpudlians liverpudlians we're bringing it back bringing it back we, we missed a few episodes there's a few episodes where you didn't see them at liverpudlians the liverpudlians felt betrayed like <laughs> oh they're not ours anymore you know and i certainly sure. felt like that when joanna newsom became very popular in the mid to late 2000s. And actually speaking of Big Lebowski, it's weird. It, it applies to a lot of things. Like I remember the Big Lebowski being like this small movie that nobody really cared about. But like my friends and I like had all these inside jokes about it. And then like I went to college and like every other asshole you met was like making Big Lebowski. Like, you know, like the Royal We. The, the, the dude about <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of uh, And it just made it less... Cool. I don't know. It, 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 it made it less, less yours. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I, I understand that feeling. Okay, so 
Oh, but here's I just the thing. I do want to make. I, I want to quote something in this article. Uh, Nikki, go ahead and say what you and say. And to be clear, I, I had nothing that. against the Big Lebowski for its success, but it just it just made the whole thing a little less. I don't know. Cool. Uh, appealing. You, you felt, appealing. Well, it, and I felt the same way with like even St. Vincent, or as I said, Joanna Newsom, when they became too popular, it kind of was, felt, you felt less cool being into those artists. But I will say with the Beatles, no matter how popular they've gotten, I've always felt like it's a cool thing to be into the Beatles. You know, that's, that, that's different because you were born in 1988. So they I were know, already but, the most famous band in the world before. You right. Were even, but, you know, there's something about even somebody with Beatles music playing, if, if they're booming Beatles music from their car while they're driving, I will be like, right on, man. That's, that's yeah. great. You know, I mean, I guess maybe if you're getting into the real nitty gritty, I think it'd be even cooler if people are blasting early Beatles stuff because people are, oh, there's a lot of Beatles like fans that are always like, oh, I like, love the late Beatles more. And I'm like, don't right. be knocking the early Beatles stuff, you know? And, so, but again, I, let's let's stay on topic here because I'm not I'm not saying don't be successful. I'm saying don't start making shittier music. Well, maybe they because you know it will because you, you know it'll appeal to a well, wider okay, so here's a, the a, thing. a wider audience. Here's the thing, Nikon. Black Eyed Peas. He stopped writing new material in the early after that last album with uh, was it was it the River Rivers? Uh, what was it called? Um, um, and it goes in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think after that album, he stopped writing new music. Yeah, I think you, I think you mentioned this on a previous podcast, which yeah. is and, like, you know, that's... He, he was like, I don't want I don't want to start writing bad material and not realize that it's bad. He did make a, an album, and that's of, I believe, classical. classical music, uh, classical influenced or maybe Baroque influenced music, actually, that sounds like akin to Bach, actually. But he, uh-huh. but, but he still... Nonetheless, sells out Madison Square Garden all the time and sells yeah. out, uh, by the way. <laughs> right, well, but, but that doesn't but, make him a sellout. No, I know. And I was going to say... He's, he's yeah, making pro- the most of his I, brand. I want to say a little bit more history here is prior to the late 1800s, uh, sellout was in reference to, yeah, sort of, uh, in, you know, transaction transactional things or, or uh, selling out your share in a stock or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um Shares in a yeah, something of course, like the that. stock exchange didn't exist back then, but no, there were stocks back then. There were stocks, just not yeah. the, the New York stock exchange, yeah. live stocks. We know it, there, was, <laughs> there were stocks. Um, and oh, I just want to uh, bring up this quote, uh, by Paul Westberg of The Replacements. Oh, wow! Um, and he said, uh, he found himself defending himself against the charge of selling out, saying, okay. people get panicky when you're not their little pocket group anymore. Their favorite little sure. group that only they knew about. Right. People panic but whenever people panic uh, whenever things change. Added guitarist Slim Dunlap. If you try and stay pigeonholed and please the old fans, that's the kiss of death. You can't please everybody. But we right. didn't sell out. I know that. What is a sellout anyway? Yeah, and my answer to you, uh, what's his name? Anyway, whatever. My answer Paul is Westberg. Paul Westberg. Well, uh, Slim, guitarist Dun- of- Slim Dunlap was okay. the guitarist. Yeah. Well, my answer is again, I'm not talking about that i'm no, not saying don't sure. be successful we are taught we, we did mention the whole like it's no longer it doesn't feel intimate doesn't feel like it's mine anymore but i will ne- i will only se- like if you're an artist that i truly love i will only celebrate your success 
it's when you start making art that I feel is less good than than the stuff you used to make. But maybe not just that. that I but, no longer support you. But maybe not just saying. that. But maybe you're feeling like they're making art that is so unlike you that compromises your integrity right. somehow. You like know? AFI is another great example of that. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with AFI. But the band like, AFI? Yeah, the band AFI. Uh, um, I know, I know them, about I don't really them, know but, stuff. Well, they had, and you know, some people argue that they sold out after, well, this is just too esoteric, I think. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, you can name thousands of examples of bands and musicians and all that kind of stuff that started out with a really interesting, unique sound that was maybe you know, a little niche, but they had a very strong audience that, mm-hmm. that was like diehard. And then they basically took that momentum and decided, I want to appeal to a wider audience. Sure. And the music that they made was just, you know, well, you can't say objectively, but it's just, it's just worse. It's less good. And it appeals to a wider audience, but it doesn't appeal to me. And, <clears throat> and that's the day. There's nothing wrong with that, that but I, but I can't listen to it. And the difference between that and the Beatles is that they just, their way of expressing just happened to be very popular with a wide audience. Well, and I also think, here's another thing is them. They were bigger than Jesus. That's true. They were that big at the time that whatever they put out, the thing is their, their quality. They backed it up with the quality. Yeah. The pack, they backed up them changing course with their musical styles. Okay. Wait, well, let, I do. I do want to mention this other thing. By I've got a retort though. P, so. PM Don's Prince, and Lee, I have a new. Yeah. Um, he said some. This is in reference to, um, staying that, playing that way. You know, keeping being in that mode of playing that type of music all the time. You know, he said. He's he's arguing. Well, you need to branch out though. And yes, you're saying okay if you're doing it though, and for just money reasons, the quality probably is, is going to suffer. But if you keep playing, this is what he said. A salad is someone who does shit that they can't fucking stand doing just to make money. Excuse my language. I don't normally use that language as we <laughs> established on a previous, on this previous episode, one of the yeah. previous episodes. But this is what he said. A salad is someone who does shit that they can't fa- fucking, sta- fucking stand doing just to make money. I'd be a salad if all I did was hardcore hip hop. So if you kept doing all your life, if you kept doing for all your musical career the thing that this pigeonhole group of people were doing just to keep yeah, the money to flowing, just right. to get no. those fans paying you money, totally. that is selling out too, actually. Right. Like Eminem, Eminem is a good example because like I love his his early work and I don't, I'm not particularly like, I don't know, I don't find it, I, I don't think he's lost his talent, but I don't like the stuff that he's putting out recently. But I understand that he's just he's he's pushing himself to try something new, and it's just not working for me as a as a as a listener. But like I get I get that he as an artist needs to do this thing because he's he's you know he could put out another ten records talking about you know uh, yeah go for it. Well, I was gonna say okay, so we can bring up more current artists. So I'll bring up Radiohead for example because. Okay. In the same way the Beatles changed the Radiohead sound sounds sound, Radiohead's sound changed pretty drastically from the early '90s to the late '90s and so on. Yeah. So I'm sure that when OK to Computer came out, 
and yeah. more specifically when Kid A came out. Kid A was such a drastic departure from their their rock roots. You, I, w- I would argue that not root rock, not root rock, but their rock roots, <laughs> roots rock. Um, <laughs> That's a different thing. You know, the song "Creep," for example, it almost sounds like a grunge song. Um, mm-hmm. But the the only thing that makes it different is his vocal style, yeah. actually. Is but he, different. but. But you that, that drastic Kide, dynamic change. Kid A is almost entirely electronic. And you would maybe there were some Radiohead purists at the time that felt like they were selling out because they were changing their sound completely. But I don't think most people would argue that. I think they were just no, they were saying, finding oh, they're their pushing voice. the boundaries of yeah. what rock were music finding. can be and and what alternative yeah. music can be and, and what Radiohead can be. And so I think it's okay for a, or a musical artist to change their sound so drastically that it, it doesn't even sound like what they yeah, originally of course. were. Um, all I'm saying is do it with artistic, artistic integrity. But who are you That's to say that, who are you to say that they're not trying to do it? Dot, dot, integrity? dot. If you want me to continue to be a fan, right? Like I'm not, I'm not here to say anything like, okay, do whatever, like whatever. Obviously make, there's, make there's a ton of money blatant... and put a bunch of garbage out in the world for all I care, but I don't have to think that you're good. Right. I, I obviously there's some blatant examples of, of artists who they put out quote unquote crap just to earn a buck or they'll put Blatantly. their name on something. And you see this with actors a lot too. Uh, uh, there was a, What's her name? Did uh, did Cats, uh, Dame Judi Dench, right? And that's well, so that, blatantly that, like. I, I think she was in Cats originally on in on the West. Was End. she really? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Well, uh, I do oh, want okay, to say well, there is something. Take that back, then. Ian McKellen actually almost kind of broke down on the set of Lord of the Rings, I believe, because really? he was playing to just not nothing. You know, oh, right. because of all, yeah, all the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the computer CGI graphics in nonsense, it. yeah. And he was, he needed, Peter Jackson had to talk him kind of like, he almost just quit, I think. And Peter Jackson had to kind of talk wow. with him and well, that, that makes sense. I mean, this is a Shakespearean go, actor, right? Yeah. Like, well, that's that, the thing is, and, and I bet that most people know or E. McKellen now because of playing Gandalf, you know, and or Magneto. Or Magneto, Magneto yeah. Both <laughs> yeah. monumentally commercial so is it okay oh that's a great example max is it selling out for an actor to play a marvel superhero a hundred percent a hundred percent and i was gonna say but there's nothing wrong with that but, but that's you don't just stance. think but it's oh like kamel nagiani you don't think hey he has the opportunity to it's different for a comedian fan base but it's a different for a it's different for a comedian because it's like because i i have no doubt that he's still sees himself primarily as a comedian and like whatever he can do to sell tickets. Right. Not, not whatever you, not whatever you oh. can do, but like, that's a, that's a side thing that he's, that he's making, he's doing for money. It's like, if I, okay, if my, if I was a painter, right. And I had to take a job to support myself because I'm not selling paintings. Is there anything wrong with that? Well, it, that's okay. Thing but that- would you, okay. Would you take, okay. As an artist, a painter, what if you took a job as Wait, what position? Like the graphic designer for Facebook or something like that to make ends meet. Sure. Yeah. Would that be selling out? No. Well, and according to 
You're not you're living def- according to life your, of a starving artist. Yeah, but according to your I'm not saying you have to starve. I'm just saying make art. Like, okay, do the thing that that like puts food on the table, and then also like don't stop. The thing that happens usually with these Facebook artists, like whatever graphic designers, is that they're so exhausted that their whole whole life becomes doing the Facebook thing, and they don't spend any of their free time doing the art that they were supposedly put on this earth to do. Well, that is also, you know, this article, just to quote it again, is talking about the idealist indie rockers of the 1980s and 90s, 90s hit middle age and confronted long delayed financial realities that go along with adulthood, supporting children, paying for housing, paying, saving for future security. So, and, and that's a thing that, so the, the, when Napster came out post Napster, the music world changed immensely. Uh, I mean, there, right, right prior to that, the music industry was its, at its biggest, actually. Sure. A lot of bands were getting signed. And they could make a ton of money from yeah. album sales. And then right after Napster came out, it just it, it just hit a huge dive and then like just and it completely changed the music industry. Well, there was honestly, a whole thing with um, real, big, real Big Fish saw it coming they, with the song Sellout. They that came right before Napster, and that was like basically a critique on how the re- like it's really the record industry that forces these artists, or maybe not forces them, but like really pushes them towards selling out. Yes, um, but what I'm well, saying is after do- after that happened, album sales after Napster came out, you know, streaming services started coming out, and and album sales dwindled. We don't people don't buy albums; they don't buy records anymore. Right, but they go CDs. to shows. But they, they go, go to shows. shows. They go to shows. And but, that's where the artists make their money. Yeah, you're, no, but you're and right. And they make it. Here's a huge thing they make it from is licensing. Merch. And, oh, com- license. and commercials. Oh, yes. So that was that was considered one of the big examples of selling okay. out back in the day. Right. Was using your music in a commercial or yeah, licensing it to something. And got nothing. I got now, nothing against that. Now musicians are like, I, go I would love that. That gets my music out there. I remember there to people. when, um, and right, you get of money, course. and you get paid because you get too. paid for it. But and again, that's fine as long as you're not writing that song with the intention of like, oh, I hope like Apple uses this in their next iPod commercial. Well, you know, I, I remember when iPod uh, of Montreal <laughs> thing of the past. I remember when of Montreal they had a song in in like an Apple commercial, and it was like, oh, that's. For a lot of people, that's how they discovered of Montreal or Vampire Weekend. Even though I'm not as into this song as other Vampire Weekend songs, but the song "Holiday" mm. was yeah. in the, uh, some commercial, like Verizon commercial or something like. That's T-Mobile not commercial. how a lot of people discovered them. Though. No, I know, but I'm just saying that song became so annoying because it kept playing over and over again in these commercials. That yeah. I could imagine that people were like. Oh, they're really selling out, but I'm okay sure. with it. You know, I'm. I'm but I, I want to go back to Kamel, and because, and I, actually, I want to go back to. Oh well, so Kamel Nanjiani. I, I don't. I'm not on first ba- first name basis with him, but um, I again like doing like, I don't know for an actor for someone who calls himself an actor as their primary like identity, it is selling out to do a Marvel movie. But for someone whose primary medium is stand up comedy it's i don't know you're just paying the bills you're paying them really well i don't agree look okay so well, jeremy well, okay, so, well, I was that, can, is that okay, his primary so, medium is not just comedy stand-up not comedy anymore now, not he anymore. doesn't do he's stand-up anymore. as much anymore well he's that's a, and primarily that's an actor now, that's what happens that is selling out 
when you're, so you and think that's Steve where, Martin is a sellout. Is it though? Is it that? Is do you do you is feel Steve Martin that a sellout? Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy. Well, what I wanted to Ice Cube. Ice Cube is a I, like. Okay. I, there's now something that, hilarious no, about Ice Cube. Who created a name for himself by being oh, like well, a, like well. a dangerous rapper, right? Like uh, offending all like all of white America, suburban America, right? Dangerous, dangerous person. Oh my God, we can't we can't like let our kids listen to this, right? And now he's mostly known for for like da- what's the movie? Uh, uh, are we there? Are we there yet? Are we there right? yet? Yeah. And like he's like his he is known for being an actor in in family movies. Same Ice T is known for okay, what's here okay no this is really uh, he, he's, oh, well so I would just one say of his that Ice Cube songs, is no longer a rapper. So sure. Ice Cube well, the Ice T one Ice of his T biggest also, songs, biggest songs was, is F the Police. Right. I don't I'm not saying and now he plays a cop on Law and Order SVU. He's That's played very it funny. since almost Wait, no, the no, beginning well, of the series. I thought it was Cop Killer was his Yeah, word. it wasn't oh, nice I'm, uh, I'm sorry. It wasn't F the police. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, it, that's that's NWA. Yeah, that's oh, NWA. Sorry. Yeah. Cop, cop Killer was, cop was, killer. was, was right. Ice T. Right. That's I haven't even thought of that. That's hilarious. And he becomes a cop. <laughs> he becomes on, a cop on Law and yeah. Order SVU. And then like a very earnest cop from what I can, what I've heard from John Mulaney's uh, standup. But so, like, cause I've never seen the show, but you know, uh, I, is he, that, that might be considered selling. I, I might even go as far I would, as again, I would that, call, that's selling out. I would call that a career. Pivot. <laughs> and now I, I know I'm like kind of, <laughs> and also I would uh, say that ice T and ice cube are no longer rappers there. So, so whatever right. ice T the human being does after a career as a rapper where he talks about killing cops, I don't know. Like, okay, cool. Good for him. Yeah, he's making a lot of money well, being an actor. Okay. Okay. okay I but, mean, Nikon, here's, okay. I'm okay example, with him doing okay, it. But it I mean, talk- it's still like somebody <laughs> I'm can I'm trying totally, to have my cake and eat it Yeah, too. you really are. Right. Look, yeah. you're, ta- you're talking about uh, real actors taking on Marvel roles and that's selling out. I don't agree. So Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Irons, he's a perfect example Ooh. who is this well-trained British actor who you know, did a lot of work that's, you know... One of the greatest voices. One of the greatest acting. voices. But he did, in the late 90s, he did, uh, I think, something like the Double Dragon movie or or, or maybe it was the out. Dungeons yeah, well, and Dragons okay. movie or something like that. And people argue, people asked him, aren't you afraid that people are going to view you as, as a sellout? And he said, doing these kinds of movies allows me to work on to- these smaller movies... That I'm not going to make money at, right? And that is why he's not a sellout, <laughs> because he continues to do good stuff, sure. like isolating a gig. And again, this comes back to being the the, the the painter, right? Doing the like, if painting is your main thing, and like you're just not making money at it, am I going to like begrudge you for taking a gig? You know, there's the guy who like uh, painted. The Facebook headquarters, Google, Facebook headquarters. Uh, David, like he, uh, something or other. Yeah, he like did a mural on their wall or whatever. No, but he, like, yeah, he did like it for a billionaire. A pers- or well, he did it for a percentage yeah. in Facebook. Actually, it was like a, sure. he was. He did it when Facebook was just small. Getting, yeah, yeah, right. small, yeah. You know, so like that guy's not a sellout. He's now he's it's, just now he's able to do his art however he wants, whenever he wants, on his own terms. And so Jeremy Irons, rightly said, like, yeah, this is. This is probably not going to be a good movie, but they paid me enough that I don't have to worry about the taking the jobs that I do want to do, that do 
push me creatively and and help me express the thing that I was right. put on this on this earth. Well, yeah, I mean, and Dana Carvey talks about it a lot. How he sometimes takes these corporate gigs that pay an exorbitant amount, and he said usually they're not good shows, and but they pay so much that it allows him to do other things. Well, a lot of people say even for stand-up comedians doing colleges, often those aren't the best shows too, but right. colleges have money. And so they get paid I mean, yeah, better than my, my, my main argument as a do. pro selling out is I guess where do you could, draw the line for somebody? And I think it's just maybe, are you saying it's a case by case basis? You know, you can't just say, Oh, this is the line that we're drawing. You can't pass this line. Or is it, Oh, this artist in particular they have crossed when, their own individual line that now they have become a sellout. It's and, when you make that deal, deal with the devil. It's when you compromise creative quality because you know you will reach a wider audience. Or now, in in, in my mind, it, it it's also moral or a moral or ethical issue. If you've crossed that line, that is truly selling out, right? Um, it's funny that like, you say... Like if... Yeah, well, yeah, that is... Uh, when you, not even as an artist, but as a, a in any job, right? I mean, well, uh, that's interesting. It's funny that you like say a, that. even okay. For example, if you're a, a business business person and you've decided to buy into a company that you know was causing a lot of pollution or a lot caught the sure. main, one of the biggest sources of global warming, for example, but you know you're going to make a lot of money doing it. Sure, or, or if like you're a be, lawyer. And like your first gig out of college is to like be on the legal team at Fox News, uh, you know, News Corp or something. <laughs> sure. I mean, but, I mean, it's, yeah, that is. And if you were a, a liberal, you know, Democrat before. <laughs> sure. Right. Well, yeah. That, that, well, it was yes. funny that you said uh, sell out to the devil because uh, apparently that is the first usage of. Is that uh, right? In, in American, in America. Yeah. In in our, in the, the pejorative usage as it uh. and what they, this article is saying is, is a prostitution of ideals or a betrayal of principle, um, and it seems to be to specifically devil. American, and it's the OED's first citation is a private colloquial use in a Civil War era diary in which the Southerner Mary Chestnut lamented another sellout to the devil. Real quick, I just wanted to point out I didn't say this in the beginning. I apologize to viewers who are watching this. That uh, I'm uh, very unshaved, completely unshaven right now. Um, <laughs> Nobody, you know. And so, uh, oh, thank you for calling it out. So I didn't have to. And, uh, I need to get a haircut and so on and so forth. Okay, back to the discussion. <laughs> I love it. Okay, where? Uh, so Max, Max just read the quote. Oh, Max, you want the article? He quoted the article. Right? Yeah. Oh, I also just uh, uh, just also did another quote from the article, which is interesting that. Um, just because I know that this is somebody that had problems in uh, with his relationship to commercialism, and it probably ultimately led in some ways maybe to his suicide, unfortunately, was Kurt Cobain. Oh. Uh, this is an interesting quote from him, uh, which is, uh, I don't blame... he. Sympathized with critics at first, saying, I don't blame the average 17-year-old punk rock kid for calling me a sellout. I understand that. Because he once was that kid, you know? He was sure. into punk rock, and, you know, a lot of his influences, you know, came from the punk rock scene. And 
he told Rolling Stone, before adding, and maybe when they grow up a little bit, they'll realize there's more things to life than living out your rock and roll identity so righteously. Interesting. Which, I mean, I mean, I think he epitomizes my point, which is that Nirvana was popular in spite of Kurt Cobain's disdain for fame and like commercial success, you right. know, like he wasn't, they weren't putting out, okay. smells like teen spirit. Their most whatever recognizable song. It's not like they were like, Hey, let's like come up with a radio hit, you know, it's just sure. But well, actually funny enough is I actually Kurt don't Cobain, know. <laughs> well, no, here's the thing. Kurt Cobain. I, I don't know where I heard this quote from. It might've been from, their producer of, of Nevermind, Butch, uh, Vig. Butch Vig. But he did say, I he did, in spite of his, you know, ostensibly saying that he didn't want to be this huge in his, his relationship with fame and having problems with that, he did apparently want to be one of the biggest bands on earth. Oh, he did? Like that. Well, he that's, did. is that hearsay? What is that? Is that, I mean, it could be. do we know? Well, be. here's the thing. In order to make a comfortable living as any artist, you're going to have to create something that sells well, right? And so it's not like your entire goal is, oh, this has got to be some radio pop hit, but you are, you go into a- You want to have fans. You want to have people who like You want to have fans and you want people to like your music. And so you want to have something that people can sing along to. They they do want something that's a radio hit because- because that's, that's how they get. That's how they get. So. Well, no, they meaning a radio hit in in his ears. I, from what I understand, Kurt Cobain, um, he prioritized melody first. Mm. Lyrics came second, that, and that's like me as a songwriter too. You know, um, uh, and here's, um, uh, well, anyway, uh, shoot, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, <sighs> a, a, a funny example though of them was this selling out. I think this was on the MTV Music Awards. Um, they were told they had to play "Smells Like Teen Spirit" after having played it so many times. Concerts, they wanted to play. Like uh, they wanted to play. I think it was. Um, what was it? Maybe "Come As You Are." Okay. Something like that, and they finally were convinced by MTV to play this, and it might have been at the Grammys or something like that. But they get on stage and they start playing "Rape Me." Oh, was it "Rape Me"? They, well, no, I. No, yeah. I think it was. No, no, no. I they started playing rape. Me, trust me. I, they or they started playing. It, it might have been rape me or whatever but then song. They, they, but then they and then they quickly transitioned into smells like smells teen, like teen spirit. That's rad. As almost like they were almost gonna like they were hey, like got you. We almost got were gonna you. do it, but but they still played it though. And that's was that rad. Them selling out. No, but, I think they, it's like look, it's MTV. They're putting you on TV. Like they don't like. I'm hiring you to do a job, which is to show up and play some music for me. Right, I'm I'm hiring you to do this. Well, it's like the Doors on Ed Sullivan, right? Where they were telling him, "You got to change the lyric from girl we couldn't get much higher to something else." I can't remember. And Jim Morrison, they said they would Hold agree to do penis. that, but then on air, <laughs> he overemphasizes, "Girl, we couldn't get much higher." Like he says it. Almost like F you to yeah. them, and I think they were never able. To Wait, there's a funny there in, in the Simpsons episode. There's a uh, a funny thing. I think the Red Hot Chili Peppers or something like that. Some some band oh, made yeah, a cameo, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. and uh, 
in order to be TV friendly. Oh, Krusty the Clown. Oh, was it the Red Hot Chili Peppers? No, it was, yeah. Yeah, and they, he said, you know, instead of this lyric, why not this lyric? And it, it was almost, it was watering down their lyrics. Well, no, and the, then the, the, the funny, the funny the, thing was no, like, no, no, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, I know, let me finish. No, 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 I know. No, in that episode, you're not saying it right. No, no. All right, well, this is well, a, well, let me just finish and then correct me. But then they said, <laughs> you're going to oh, mess up. No, oh, that's you're, you're already messed up. Oh, okay, fine. Up. Go ahead. What is it? They say <laughs> he says, they're like, Krusty says, guys, can you change this lyric? Uh, you know, it might not be TV friendly. And Red, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are like, no, man, we don't sell out. We're not. We're not going to change our lyrics for you guys. And then Krusty Crown's like, well, what if you tried these lyrics instead? And he tells them the lyrics, and they're like, oh, oh actually, that's, that's pretty good. Lyrics. That's a better okay, lyrics. Let's just do let's that. Just go, oh, we'll go with that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like they. they <laughs> It's almost like their ethos of we're never selling out uh, prevents them from they they become very narrow minded maybe and and then they it, it's it's parroting the whole sellout you know thing and and it, but also just it's a funny thing that you can also venture to say oh is is your your steadfast uh, adherence to not being a sellout preventing you from exploring other things you know. Oh, thanks for explaining the joke, Max. Well, no, no it's, I'm just joking. I'm that joking. Wasn't I'm the joking. Joke. The joke I hate was, when people do that. They say, "Oh, thanks for explaining the joke to me." I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> uh, um, have we? Is there any? Is there any points we haven't made? Well, I do. Can I finish the well, I, this final quote from the article, which is an sure. interesting thing? All right, and we'll end because on that. Pri- but I'm also, I, should say, like, I don't know that I'm, okay. my, my scratch has been itched. My itch has been scratched with the whole Kurt Cobain thing, because I, I do think that's an interesting, I guess it's hard to tell. Well, okay, here's another thing that- well, same um, with Metallica, well, just an, a, well, Metallica, Boff Wally. I don't know. Metallica, okay. Well, what about- why Boff Metallica? Wally of the band. Oh. Well, with the whole Napster thing, right? Oh, sure. With Lars Ulrich, like it was, but that's not a creative. That's not, that's not a creative, creative selling out creatively. That's Lars just being a little. I well, mean, you know, rightfully so, but he's rightfully he's so. He's kind of like a little baby about it. <laughs> but I guess, but, that, but, but that's right, the point. But just he's rightfully so. Yeah. Wait, it's like it's interesting. Why? Why do people consider him a baby about it? It's like this is my music. You're stealing. Yeah, you know? I think it's because is, I think it's it it, it shows. Like I guess a very because he had a lot of money already. Money grubbing like, kind of like essence to him. That's like, what it seems. Okay, like. so I guess that is kind of selling out in a way. But not really, because because he still an amazing drummer and they still sure you know, like, <laughs> i don't know but like, you know but he's not becoming a shitty one, drummer but one could argue though selling out is maybe it's betraying to sell actually means it, it in in old english from the 10th century to sell meant to betray actually oh or at least at least to well i guess no it didn't necessarily mean that oh. but you could find <laughs> It also meant that. So, you, are you saying to that, sell, like to sell your soul, or to sell saying, to sell something? Actually, let me are you just saying look Judas at this. Iscariot was a sellout? Then, yes. It's, in fact, this article po- and this was article that uses that example as Judas oh, being he was a sellout, paid by actually. the Romans to sell him out. Right? Yes, exactly. Right. It's exactly Nikki. Exactly. So is there that where sell is that the original uh, use? Well, He's the original sellout. No, it, but it wasn't. But it wasn't. He wasn't referred to as a sellout, but he was referred to selling uh, uh, something like that, or it was uh, selling his soul. To selling no. to betray. It was right. betraying yes, to yeah. selling. But if you're selling your soul to the devil, then aren't like metal bands like Metallica for that? <laughs> <laughs> 
Because they're always all about the devil, well, right? Well, not Metallica. Metallica is the thrash I know, metal. Well, not yeah, Metallica, yeah, but yeah. something, you know, no, a that little is, bit more hardcore than that. That is right? funny. I like that. Sympathy for the devil. I don't uh, know. I mean. There's something there. Trent, there's something there. It's funny that Trent Reznor. I'm just joking, of course. He, he, uh, I just like all these quotes in this article. That's <laughs> why I'm bringing them up. But he is, because it's, it's so funny. He says, when I hear Grizzly Bear in a Volkswagen commercial, it kind of bums me out, said Trent Reznor a representative of arguably the last generation that worried about such things. But he was part of, he was in the, he, you know, Nine Inch Nails was huge in the 90s, and the 90s was explosive for being able to make money off of album sales. And you didn't need to license your music right. to make money. It was a different so time. Like, it was a different... He has no really, he doesn't really have a right to say that, I feel. Well, like, when did he mean? say that? If he said it in the 90s, then it was pretty valid at the time. No, no. Well, this was in reference to Grizzly Bear, oh, right. which is, oh, yeah. so, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, yeah. they became big in the, the late, late 2000s. Mid to late 2000s. Mid to late 2000s. Well, oh, that's that's like what you were saying, uh, Nikon. Where, well, I would say late 2000s. Um, sometimes, you know, back in the 90s or, or something like that, these artists would strike deals that would require them to put out a certain amount of records right. in a certain amount, certain span of time. And, and he, he, that was even like that for actors back in like the, the golden age sure, of yeah, yeah. movies, you know, they were, they were on these picture deals or like oh, Harrison Ford, for example, I think he was on a deal in the eighties where he had to make a certain amount of pictures, but would, he would agree to do, Oh, Oh, that's what it was. He he had to do the Jack um, the Jack Ryan, you know, Patriot games mm. in, in those movies. Right, right, right. But and he, he he had to do those in order to do something else that he really wanted to do. Um, oh, that's a whole interesting story, actually, because he Harrison Ford actually stole the role from Alec Baldwin because Alec Baldwin played the role in The Hunt for Red October. Anyway, oh, anyway, I'm right. going off track here. Uh, well, Harrison Ford sold out as a carpenter to become an actor, <laughs> an A-list <laughs> yeah, right. actor. You know, he wasn't even supposed to play Indiana Jones. You know that? Who was? Um, well, because he, he was. Well, he, Han he Solo was the was the story where he was the car. He was a set carpenter, right? And well, um, no, he. I think he was a carpenter for like Francis Ford Coppola, and, right? Because um, he was in he was in uh, American Graffiti for George Lucas and. Small role. I can't remember. Yeah, he was a carpenter. He became Han Solo, but sell out. They didn't. George Lucas didn't want him to be in a Jones because he's like, I don't want to reuse the same actors for for these big movies. And so initially, they just had Harrison Ford come in to read <laughs> with other actors, <laughs> and and they were trying to find the right Indiana Jones. But eventually, that's one of those characters. Him and Steven Spielberg were like. We should just use it. That's one of those characters where, like, I couldn't imagine anybody else. Tom Selleck was about to play. Tom Selleck is Indiana Jones. Are you kidding me? I could buy it. I I could buy it. I mean, did you ever watch? I mean, I never really watched Magnum PI. I mean, I've seen. I'm embarrassed to say, as someone with a mustache, I've not seen. Right. He's an action. He was an action. Well, it was an action comedic too. It was very comedic that that show, and. Seems it like totally to be... makes sense that he could be Indiana Jones okay. for sure. Yeah. Actually, all right. I mean, all right. But Harrison Ford does have this kind of sarcasm to his, and kind of this, you know, acerbic quality. I that just rewatched right for the role. I though, watched you know? Temple of Doom uh, on rewatched it on the airplane flying to Los Angeles recently, and let me tell you what I think that's the best one. Uh, really, it used to be Last Crusade for me, yeah. but 
Temple of Doom is nonstop action from the get-go. It mm-hmm. just never stops. Yeah. And it's really funny. Uh, Ki Kwan, I think that's how you pronounce it, who plays Short Round, right. he's really good in it. Um, gotta anyway, we got we to gotta wrap this up. Um, yes. Okay, just to, <laughs> I mean, just to kind of wrap things up, I mean, um, prior, prior to the music industry, developing the music industry <laughs> in the 20th century, I just... So instead of wrapping up, <laughs> we're going to hear more Well, quotes. no, I am going to wrap up. Okay. And I'm going to wrap it up, but... Patronage is a big thing, so sure, yes. You know, relying on you know pleasing whoever's your your patron, right? You know, and pleasing them that, and also like I mean, yeah, the church, the Catholic Church, yeah, and kings and princes with your music and stuff like that. That was you relied on that. You know, that's how you made. Well, yeah, they were all sellouts. Yeah, apparently, according to how people think of it. But I should say this is a quote from Stravinsky. Okay. And this is kind of a good way to end it all, I feel like, because this is how the article ends, <laughs> in fact. But it is a great quote. It is a great quote. So, Those, uh... Uh, But he said, you know, he said Stravinsky, for one, would have approved of all the, you know, quote-unquote selling out. Let me say once and for all, he wrote in 1966, that I have never regarded poverty as attractive, that I do not wish to be buried in the rain, unattended as Mozart was, that the very image of Bartok's poverty-stricken demise, to mention only one of my less fortunate colleagues, was enough to fire my ambition to earn every penny that my art would enable me to extract from the society that had failed in its duty toward Bartok as it had earlier failed with Mozart. And that both artists and labor organizers could surely agree, that, you know, I mean, I'm, get getting, I'm getting goosebumps from that, actually. Yeah, that, no, that it's... Quote, um, it's like, it's it's really... Um, yeah. Why not? It's, <clears throat> your art is there. Just get everything you can. I would say, though, Stravinsky always, you know, it, he was never creating art that he didn't want to do, though, I would say. I guess... But, yeah, but sorry, I will say yeah. he did he did allow his... He did allow his piece to be performed in Fantasia, and he did not, you know... He was on the record as saying he did not like the way it was performed in in Fantasia. By the way, well, so you're allowed to not like, you know, uh, the way. The, but he agreed the movie to let it. Out. Sure. No, but he agreed to let. I'm sure he heard the. I'm not sure actually if he let the music. Well, anyway, heard the music the way it was done before sure. it was released in the movie. But, but he got paid. And listen, okay, so let me let me adjust my whole anti-selling out stance, which I, I guess it just comes down to like if you know in our capitalist society. I'm not going to begrudge anybody for making as much money as they can uh, without harming others and all that kind of stuff, which <laughs> most most people. Well, one could argue do. though <laughs> is all the mu- is all the music that this music out in the commercial world right now is it harming us in some in some artistic way, way that or, it's making us dumber or and, our yeah. or yeah our minds or. But or, or not giving that. enough good influence to well, anyway, the younger generation. Yeah. yeah. I don't, anyway. But so, so I'm not going to hold it against you, but I, I am also not going to stand here and pretend <laughs> that the black eyed peas, <laughs> the black eyed peas are <laughs> still good. I guess <laughs> that's my point. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Don't know. Well, it's um, but Ice Cube look, is I, not a sellout. He's just a man who made <laughs> a career pivot. <laughs> Okay. Well, he really made the career pivot with Friday initially. No, right? no, because no, Friday he made the career pivot. 
he made them queer pivot ish you know it's like about well actually he came he, he, i know he that, got that, him, that got yeah. him into the movie business incorrectamundo what are you talking about boys in the hood boys got in the hood him got him into yeah, that's, that's true yeah, that yeah. was where the career pivot happened actually but that's and yeah i guess that's yeah well yeah well yeah yeah, that made him an actor. That made him actually. Yes, yes. But he did was playing a role that was. But Friday, to but his... Friday made him a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what... no, no, no. I'm just yeah. joking. But look, I think you're right, Nikon, to a degree. I, I think there is a line, an individual line, and it's a case by case basis for each artist. That once you cross it, you've sold out. But I do agree that get your money as in any way possible because you don't know when that is going to end for you you know that's true right. you don't know when your ability to make that kind of money is going to end so make as much as you yeah, can yeah and as and creatives ourselves who would love to you know make more more of a living doing that doing that uh yeah you know i would uh, i would only dream to have an opportunity to sell out in any way in any medium <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, and and you know what? Even as if long it was, as it doesn't compromise right. my morals or ethics, sure, for and, me, for me, and too, you know, if too. it's like something that's completely, I just happen to have looser morals and ethics. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it's a completely like cheesy role or something you take on, make it your own. You sure, can have fun with it. Exactly. It'd be fun to do it. as as my um, you know, Bob Saget, who was a very dirty comic, did one of the cleanest shows of all time, which is Full House. But I'm sure he enjoyed, he loved doing it. He, he probably had a lot of fun with it. My question, and this is, I don't know, I don't know if, any, if you guys know this, but um, was Bob Saget as dirty as he became? Yes, I'm not sure. I'm not totally he, sure about or that. Was he, or was he just like post Full House, was he like, you know what, I got to shake this Danny Tanner persona. <laughs> right. And is that right. what made him the dirty comic that we know? Well, he was somewhat dirty. I know he was at least a little bit dirty. I mean, you can see yeah, photos I mean, of him having this clean, obviously. No, right, yeah. right. No, well, he had this, this, there's a, I mean, I've seen a photo of him with this, um, this fake hand going down his pants or something like that. Yeah. Like as if it were going to, you know, masturbate or something like that. Prop something comic. like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, it was, there was a prop in there. Oh, that's another issue actually right there. Prop comedy. Why does it get such a oh, bad oh, rap? Actually? That's a topic for another. Maybe that's a topic. Episode. All right, comedy. Let's wrap it, right? But you know what? I enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I did too, as um, I do all of our conversations. Um, as on. usual, folks. If and you... I, I will. I just do want to thank uh, Franz Nicolay for your uh, this article that I, I uh, yeah yeah. And what's it called? From. What, what's it called? The article is called "The Rise and Decline of the Sellout on which a history of the epithet from its rise among leftists and jazz critics the... and folkies." To its recent fall from favor. What's wow, the publication? Uh, this was in Slate. Slate. Slate um, As usual, if you like what you heard in... It's from 2017, by the way. If you like what you heard or and or saw today, make sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And uh, please rate and review us. It helps us gain more listeners. And uh, it allows us to continue doing this podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max, Nikki, and Econ. Keep tuning in? Yes. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs>